Hey everyone, welcome to Life Unplugged Podcast. This is James and Terry Kraft coming to you from sunny Southern California. Are you looking for an opportunity to join the discussion with two people who have traveled the real and vulnerable road of marriage recovery, ministry, family life, and leadership? We invite you to journey with us through each episode to a discovery of what it means to live a faith-filled life in an honest, authentic, and unhindered way. So we encourage you to set aside life's distractions and stresses and get comfortable with us as we discuss Life Unplugged. Hi, this is James Kraft here at Live Life Unplugged Podcast, and I'm so excited to be here in sunny Southern California, as we say in the introduction. And everybody who calls or talks to us, they're always saying, why do you always say sunny Southern California? Because it's sunny Southern California. That's what it is. You, the, There's a lot of people out in the humidity and the cold or this or that, and it's typically sunny and nice here, and I'm excited about being here, but... I'm not here with my wife today because we're gonna have uh, we're gonna focus on something uh, of men. And my wife is like, I want to be there, but she couldn't be here today. And I have one, I think of my one of my exci- most exciting uh, special guests I've ever had here on the podcast. And I'm excited about introducing Paul Cole. Uh, Paul Cole, being the president of the Christian Men's Network uh, with a worldwide influence, and he has an incredible story of, that he's going to be able to share. He's on the Conquer series uh, that uh, many of people have heard about and have, but not just that. He has plethora of um, books, articles, website presence, and he has an incredible podcast that we're going to promote here in a few minutes. Uh, but he has an incredible family that I'm going to let him talk about. But Paul, it is so good to have you here. Welcome. Hey, it's great to hang out with you and uh, Terry. And you guys wrote one of the most unusual and creative and awesome books I've ever read. <laughs> Because it, it went from both sides. I couldn't figure out when I flipped into it if it was like it flipped to a different language because it went. A different yeah, language. yeah, on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you had to turn it over and then read, you know. It was kind of, he, she said in an actual book. It was. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we, we. That was killer, man. And that's, I think, ah, that's, thanks. I think the first time we met, I yep. had known about you and your worldwide uh, quest for global domination. But. Yeah, exactly. I think we're on the same quest. <laughs> yeah. 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 I li- and, and Paul, you're a California boy, too. I mean, you're from Santa Cruz, so not just a California. I'm a Santa Cruz guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and see, so you're a SoCal surfer, which is like not really. It's like that's the easy surf. Up where we are was like cold, freezing we would be like turning colors. Mr. O'Neill, you know, created the first wetsuits yep. right there. And he moved to Santa Cruz in 1957. And so I got there in 63. And we used to, we used to, we used to get the wetsuits out. It was uh, his son, Pat, and he would get these wetsuits out of the, uh, what do we call it? The, the ones that weren't any good. Yeah. They would throw them in the bin and back, right? So we'd go get those. Well, there was <laughs> buttons missing and stuff missing. Hey, on. But it kept you warm. That's the key. It kept you warmer. <laughs> it didn't matter. So uh, yeah, hey, it's, I love what you're doing, James. You and I talked a little bit before we came on here. And, you know, reaching men and women. And my focus is men. Yeah. You know, focus. I wrote it in a book called Just a Bartender. It was about Nehemiah. And the thing is, focus for me my definition of focus is uh, cutting away the things that don't belong. Hmm. Focus is about greater intensity. It's about greater intentionality. Yeah. 
So most men with their marriages, they're like, man, I'm working harder at this. And what you need to do is cut away the things that distract you because we have yeah. a distraction. Yeah. And, and cut those things away. You know, vision is forged in the discipline to extract yourself from the unnecessary. Yeah. So as you do that with men, I know you've got these intensives, the things you do. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I love about what you're talking about is you begin to cut away. Okay, here's all this stuff, this noise. I was listening this morning to a, it was a guy talking about how many extraneous thing comes across our brains. We actually have four or 5,000 discrete thoughts every day. Right. And about 56,000 images, advertising stuff comes across our brain. Just stuff, man. Starts filling it up. And that's why getting a guy unplugged, that'd be a great title for something. Honestly, uh, James, you and I have talked about this a lot. We live in a, a culture it seems to be more concerned about the um, the calorie content of their children's lunches than the yeah. character content of their children's hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, we're unfocused. We're an unfocused culture. Yeah. And we tend to, we tend to get molded into the context that we're in. Yeah. That's why, you know, your disciplines and the things you help us do in terms of, Hey, be in the word, you know, what's your morning ritual, yeah. Uh, things you and Terry talk about, think about, you know, getting front of mind about how are you actually living life? Yeah. You know, yeah. because 40% of our daily life is this habit. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. You and I talked about that over coffee. Oh, right? yeah. 40% of your daily life is this habit. So the habits you build actually dictate an, an awful lot of your life. You bet it does. Yeah. That's what you guys do, man. The podcast, the books, all the stuff. Awesome. Hey, thank you. Thank you. You know, I, you and I were talking about when we were first started here, just before we started recording, you know, our world today is so driven by a fear that it, it occupies our brain to the point, you know, I was on a backpacking trip last year. You and I talked about that backpacking trip. Well, the videos are going to start coming out this next month and we're, we're excited about to kind of show that uh, called the summit series. But you know, one of the guys told me I overpacked my backpack. I mean, I had like 60, 70 pounds on my back. You the did? St stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. My God, man. No, no, no. I was stupid, not a stud <laughs> because I literally, there was days I couldn't move forward. Um, and, and he, he told me something, the guy told me, he goes, you know what? You pack your fears. Wow. So, and I thought, wow, that's pretty profound thought. People pack their fears. So I always, I, I put the extra security blankets in there. You know, if it got freezing, if I had, if it got isolated, I had this and that too much. I had way too much food, way too much food. You know, and I'm thinking in my mind, how often do men in this world pack their fears? Dude, when I preach that next week, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> People are going to go, hey, where'd you get that? I don't know. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I and I, well, think, talk about that a little bit as we, this is on the fly. We haven't talked about this yet. And I would love to hear your thoughts because how many times in our world today do men pack their fears? It's something. Well, living free is not worrying about what anybody thinks about your Instagram. That's one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so when you talk about these things, fear, and, and let's go back to the root definition. Fear and faith have the same definition. It's fascinating. It's only two kingdoms, right? Kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. Yeah. 
fear is the expectation of things that will come to pass. Mm. Faith is the ex- expectation of things that will come to pass. <laughs> okay, so it's same definition, two different yeah. kingdoms. Yeah. So the choice we have is not necessarily based on expectation, but it's based on what kingdom we're in. Because hmm. that kingdom will drive the expectation. So now your context creates your culture. What you allow is your culture. What you don't allow is your culture. So culture is made up. Your family, yeah. your business are the things you, have, you allow and the things you don't allow and the practices in your own personal life. Hmm. You know, the DNA of a family comes from the father, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. That spiritual DNA, the kingdom life of a kingdom always comes from the king. So the life we live in Christ comes from him. Mm-hmm. So live free. Dude, it's it's coming to the place where I go, you know what? Um, I need to just be who I am. Who am I? Well, that's, that's a question. Identity. Yeah. The Bible says, Paul said it this way. He said, you find your identity when you find Christ. Mm. Who's the greatest man who ever lived? That's not rhetorical. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I would say Jesus. So. No, no, but it's a setup. It's a setup. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not. Jesus said, the, Jesus identified the greatest man who's ever lived. Okay. He said, the, the greatest man who's ever been born of a woman is John the Baptist. He's my cousin, John. Mm. So he says, he's the greatest man who ever lived. Well, if you study John's life, you know that what John did was he didn't live out his own um he lived out the bent of his life. He lived out what he was designed for fully, but he didn't live his own thing. Hmm. So when Jesus shows up to be baptized by him, he's already been about the stuff. And you know, they must have hung out. Oh, yeah. The book that comes out in November that I'm writing called The Stalwart Man. And, and uh, you know, they must have hung out, spent time together. They're cousins, right? Yeah. Mary and Elizabeth, their moms. And when you think about what are the aspects of of John's life, is he really didn't give a rip what the good people thought about him. Hmm. And then you look at his cousin Jesus, and Jesus, it's like he called. I mean, dude, if you if right now you were pastoring, you know, First Baptist in uh, Waterloo, Iowa, and some people came up and said, "Hey, we saw you at a bar with a bunch of people drinking." <laughs> That would not be a good thing. <laughs> you know, the first Baptist pastor of Iowa, whatever, Waterloo, Iowa, it's going to be calling you. <laughs> <laughs> but they said that about Jesus. Why? Because that's where he was. That's where he was, yeah. And I'm not saying that's where you're supposed to be. What I'm saying is it. he was in the synagogue. He was with uh, tax collectors. I mean, Levi, he calls, right, is a yeah. tax collector. And then he goes and eats at the guy's house. Yeah. I mean, too, yeah, crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. He just broke the rule. Yeah. And the thing is, there were man made rules. And so when you talk about living free, that was the original question. That's great. When you talk about living free, it's it's don't be constrained by the rules of the world, but live according to the fullness of Christ. John 10 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, and make rules. Mm-hmm. Right? But Jesus said it came to give you life and life to the fullest. And what's that? That's living exactly. In fact, let me give you a definition of success. Success is to fully satisfy your personal design. Hmm. I put it in a book, Just a Bartender. Success is to satisfy your personal design, to become Mm -hmm. fully James Craft, Mm -hmm. to become, I mean, the stuff you 
dealt with early in your life was mm-hmm. this weaving around, am I supposed to be the guy in the state? Yeah. Am I supposed to be this guy, that guy? And when you found your identity and found that sweet spot, that's where this ministry is today. It's why you're having such a great impact. Mm-hmm. Because James and Terry are being James and Terry. Yeah. Fully yeah. you, fully engaged. You know, it's not at the denial of what's happening in culture. In fact, if anything, when you become fully you, you're fully concerned about the people around you. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Which means you read the Pew Report and you read Barna and you read uh, what the New York Times is saying about something and you watch this and you read that and you do that. Why? Because you love people. Yeah. And because you want to touch the need that you see is in that person. And if we really love God, we're going to love people. Well, most definitely. I, I know that's so true because when you experience freedom yourself, you want to give it away. Yeah. You, you, on, you want people to go there. You know, I have people come to me all the time, marriages or to Terry and I or individual guys. And they'll say, I just want, and they'll come to us because they see our story and they want to go there, but they just don't know how to get there. And I'll look at them in the eyes. I'll say, this is what Dr. Ted Roberts told me one time. He goes, I'm your wingman, James. Stick by my side. But it's that pathfinder saying, walk with me and I'll walk with you and we'll experience freedom together. Roberts would also tell you, hey, tell the truth. Quit giving me BS. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> you and I both know him. You know? <laughs> Great man. He sure I told is. a story about him yesterday. I told a story about him yesterday when he was speaking in front of a conference of denominational officials. And, you know, God needs men who are forthright. Yeah. Who are honest and yet have such grace on them that their honesty is out of love. See, true discipline, you deal with a lot of families and marriages. True discipline never comes out of embarrassment, no. anger. It, true discipline is always because of love. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the complete opposite of shame. You know, because most, if not all, all men I ever come and couples, you know, we have people all the time say, we don't talk about these issues with each other because of shame. And so we have marriages when they start talking about it and they know that they're going to be loved and accepted and not left. All of a sudden they're like, Whoa, I, I feel like I'm breathing fresh air. It's like a mask put up to their mouth with oxygen. Like, wait a second, you, we can be honest here and that you're not going to leave. And our marriage is not going to fold. We can be honest to navigate pains of a past and look forward to the future. Oh, it's a, a different environment. You know, it seems to me, just my experience, Judy and I, uh, September of this year, will have been married 50 years. Congratulations, man. We And people ask us, well, how'd you do that? And we go, well, we just stuck around. We just <laughs> keep showing up. <laughs> keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Because there's not always, it's you know, intimacy, uh, you know, guys, our culture, we have a problem because we misdefine things. Mm-hmm. How you define something determines how you make decisions. Your decisions determine your destiny. So mm-hmm. when we misdefine peace or misdefine love or misdefine uh, this, you know, expectation. So when we talk about intimacy, for guys, most often intimacy, we had Bishop T.D. Jakes spoke at our, uh, we do a yearly uh, leadership conference for Christian Network. Yeah. And Bishop Jakes spoke out a couple of years ago, called up, hey, I got some friends there. Can I come over and speak? And we're like, Sure. Sure. <laughs> and uh, he's a gracious man, just a great friend. And, and he came over and he laid it out. But he said, men and women are different. I'll give you an example. He said, 
My wife, Sarita, said recently, we need to take a little time off, hon. We need to take a three or four day. Don't preach on the weekend. Just go somewhere and get away. He said, we're different because immediately she's buying magazines. She's thinking of stuff she's going to read. She's getting books together. She's going to spread them out. He said, me, I went and refulfilled my prescription. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So we have a different idea of intimacy. and, And so when you talk about talking about these things, they involve intimacy, and too often men think sex is intimacy, but yeah. you can have sex without intimacy. That's right. Intimacy, I believe that the core of intimacy in a marriage starts when you can actually pray together. Yeah. And most men don't pray because they don't know the words. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll just give you a little tutorial uh, for our friends that are listening or watching. In fact, this will make a guy a hero right now. If you're listening, bro, right now, here's a hero <laughs> moment. Okay. It's your wife's leaving for work in the morning or you're leaving first or however the thing works out. And you know she's dealing with something, whatever that is. And you go, hey, babe, let me pray with you right now. You grab her hand. You go, Father, help my wife with this person she's working with. Amen. (laughs) That's it. You don't need to go. You don't need stained glass. You don't need incense go to heaven. And the bowls of heaven are poured out. You don't need any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's great. He walks out the door and she's like, that guy's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That guy's awesome. And you're like, dude, I did it. That's right. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah. (laughs) 14 words? That was awesome. That's great. I love it. But that starts intimacy because prayer produces intimacy with the one you pray with, when you pray to, and the people you're praying for. Yeah. So, so when you can start there, it's like a little crack in a, in a dam, you know, it's just mm-hmm. a little crack in the bottom. This can wipe out the whole thing, right? It's mm-hmm. a little crack. So it's a little prayer, a little boom, thing, thing. And then you're reading, hey, what are you reading? Well, I'm reading in Psalms 1. Are you really? I think I'll do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now all of a sudden your conversation starts to work. What do you think he meant by that uh, rivers of living water? What, what do you think the tree was? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just becomes part of conversation. And then yeah. from there, it's like, well, how did you feel about what she said? Hmm. Yeah, it really kind of hurt me, actually. Mm-hmm. Really, I didn't know that you, you know, like she's looking at him going, I didn't even know that that affected you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, really did. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're into something. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that, that it's, uh, as they say in Canada, James, it's not rocket surgery. <laughs> or Canadians, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> fact is, is it's not uh some of these things are the Bible Jesus said, hey, these are pretty simple things. Yeah, yeah. I think men are more complex than women, but I think they're pretty simple things. I think the front side is just this you ever seen that thing about the women's brains? Oh yeah. all, all the knobs and yeah. <laughs> knobs and stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. And for the man, it's just a switch. On off. <laughs> on off. Yeah. I think the biggest issue for men is not how to turn a man on. It's how to turn them off. Turn them off. Yeah. Especially in our society, you know, they're overstimulated everywhere they go. Yeah. We're all pretty complex. And I, but I think there's simple things that solve complex issues. Yeah. And it's, and for a man, it's committing to becoming a mature man. Yeah. Talked about that. Talk about maturity. What does that mean to you? What is like, if, if I was to, you know, to, 
boil it down to what helps a man become mature in our world today? Because our society, it fosters immaturity because it's all about self, right? So it's a real selfish. It fosters, okay. Part of the fostering of, of narcissism is money. Mm-hmm. And the reason is the more men focus on themselves or video, as an example, video games. The average user of video games in the United States right now is 34 years old. You and I know the average marriage age now of a young man in the United States just moved, just ticked past 29 to 30. Yeah. And uh, because men are growing up, well, why is it that? Because video games is a $50 billion a year business industry. So moves are made in such a way to promote the immaturity of men, like hangover. What is that? Mm. A bunch of guys in their 30s yeah. who have great jobs who do stupid stuff. And so, uh, so we, we foster immaturity. It's also, you know, we can go to a lot of reasons for that, whether they're political, sociological, financial, but here's what maturity is. Maturity is the ability to make the right decision, even when the context or emotions of the moment would cause you to do something else. Hmm. What's the right thing to do right now? Another way of saying it, how do I be an adult right now? Yeah. You know, it's like, I should be the adult in the room right That's now. That's right. Yeah. Some of us as men should have gotten out of somebody's car a mile before we got someplace. Yeah. And so maturity is the, is the acceptance of responsibility. Yeah, that's good. And the immature man uh, wants, doesn't want accountability. He wants authority without accountability. Mm-hmm. He wants his privileges uh, without what it takes to be there. Yeah. And so the immaturity of men, I think, is one of the biggest issues in our culture, which is why 70% of all divorces in America are initiated by women right now. Say that one more time, because I want to make sure everybody heard that last part, because you broke up a little bit. But what was that last part you just said? 70% of all marriages in America, 70% of all divorces are initiated by women. Yeah. Because she grew up and he didn't. Yeah. And and the mediocrity, immaturity of men. I mean, dude, you know, you've got daughters. I mean, I I mean, you're praying for like the right guy. I've got friends who have daughters who have incredible jobs. They're in their twenties. They want to get married. Yeah. And and I know two of them uh, in particular uh, in Newport beach, California that are like, we just haven't found a guy that is strong enough. That's stout. Yeah. That's obvious that, um, you know, doesn't want something on the second day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's whatever, you know, it's, um, and so anyway, growing up men, I think right now, if we could grow fathers, build dads, build strong men, it would change the future of the world. You bet. Change everything. Because most of the issues we deal with right now is because 95% of the men in America did not have a father figure in their life or in their home. Yeah. As Warren Farrell said in Boy Crisis that came out two years ago, he said they're dad deprived. Yeah. And he said dad deprivation is the number one issue in the culture. 99% of all mass murderers, mass shootings have been from young men who were dad deprived. Yeah. And that's, that's the issue we face in our culture today. You bet. You bet. And that goes, I know it's going to be a cross platform of anything that's destructive in a man's life is you're going to go back, go back to the origin see where their dad was probably absent, you know, and there's not healthy attachment for young men 
that are developing in their in a, as a young man. Attachment's critical for a young man. Yeah. We think we want to have independent. No, we want them to have healthy attachment in growing up with mom and dad. So when they grow up and become independent, they can have healthy attachment with their wife rather than looking for attachment somewhere else. If you've ever seen any of the recruiting videos for Al-Qaeda, they're remarkable because they call young men to a higher place. And it, it, it really is their psychology that nailed it. And what they're after is the disaffected young man who doesn't feel any affirmation or identity. Yeah. Young men have always paid the price for the vanity of older men. Hmm. You've never seen a 55-year-old suicide bomber. They're always young men. Why? Because the 55-year-old guy is manipulated, mm -hmm. made it happen. He's weaponized them. Yeah. So our thing right now uh, with Christian Men's Network is let's go help pastors and leaders disciple men. Yeah. Because if we disciple men on their streets, they won't come to our streets. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty simple thing. But the fact is, is if you change the heart of a man, you touch the soul of a nation. That's right. What, what God wants in a man is consistency, decisiveness, and strength. Yeah. And it's the same thing that every woman wants. Consistency, decisiveness, and strength. That's good. And moral strength, spiritual strength is always from the inside out, never from the outside in. Yeah. Most men, most of us in our culture were taught, you don't cry, you don't do this, you, you know, you toughen up. It's always the outside in. Yeah. And so most men who are trying to prove their strength, prove it by being dictatorial or demanding yeah. because the strength of a man is never on the outside, it's always in the inside. Yeah. The stronger a man is on the inside, the more generous, kind, gracious he can be on the outside. Yeah. So your hands always follow your heart. That's really good. We got a few more minutes here. I just want to conclude with a thought. I'd love for you to put some practical application. So if we were to see like fathers or even mentors or men in this world today that would come alongside the next generation of men. So we're going to focus on young boys and, and even girls too, but we're going to talk about boys right now, kids that, um, that men can have an influence on the next generation to experience freedom, you know, for a lifetime. I wish... I had someone who had the nerve to deal with my brokenness when I was a teenager. Because wow. um, if I would have dealt with some of that, the pain that I was experiencing and the hurt and the rejection and all that stuff that I was dealing with, um, maybe just maybe I could have avoided some of the pain along the way and avoided causing pain on others along the way. You know, so what would you say? How could we um, bring some thought to that of men today. If you're calling out men in a good way to say, Hey, this is what you can do for the next generation so that the next generation ex can experience freedom. You know, when Jesus taught us to pray, he, he opened with a phrase that gave us an image because we don't think in words, we think in images. So he opened with a phrase and said, pray this way, our father. Now for many people, that's a disconnect because our father wasn't there. Yeah. But he says, our father, when you pray, God's, he wanted to give us an image of who he is. Paul then, in writing to the church in Corinth, said this. He said, you have 10,000 instructors, but not many fathers. Mm. So he wanted to describe how much he loved them. He said, I don't love you just like a teacher or an instructor. I love you like a father. Here's the, here's the key, uh, James. It's that an instructor gives you what he knows. Mm -hmm. A father gives you who he is. Wow, that's good. My friend Tony Rory with uh, does a lot of after-school programs in the Dallas Independent School District, where, where uh, right now 87% of the junior high young men have no father figure in their home. And 
I said, uh, well, what's the, you know, how do you do this? What's the impact? He said, one hour a week in an after-school program with a man giving his time as a mentor, just saying, I'm here, man. He brings some M&Ms or whatever. Yeah. Goes up for an hour, 90 minutes every Wednesday afternoon after school. He said, that touch, because we live in a high-tech, low-touch world. He said, that touch for an hour to 90 minutes, just once a week, we can, we now empirically, he said, over the last 14 years of doing this, we can empirically gauge that that young man's life will be changed. His test scores will change. What he does, his decision-making will change. Just that little touch. So when we talk about what the churches of America can do and what we're called to do, I believe, is come alongside ministries like yours. Take the tools and say, okay, let's take this next generation of young men and women, and Mm -hmm. let's let's not just train and teach, tell them, you know, uh, cut your hair, whatever the stuff is right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, hey, pull up your pants, whatever, all the, the rules and regulations. But the fact is, come along and love them. And, and the role of a father in a child's life is to, is to reach into their heart, pull out their future and show it to them yeah. and say, this is who you are. This is who you can be. This is who God made you to be. You are unique. You're amazing. And yeah. you've got a spectacular future. And I'm going to help. I'm going to walk with you. I'll pick you up when you fall down. I'm not going to shame you on it. We're just going to walk together. Paul, this is honestly, I hope, you know, we just have an ongoing conversation about um, men and uh, families, marriages, because honestly, if we can just hone in on this and we can really create healthy men, healthy marriages, and, and trust me, we have a passion for the women and wives, but you and I, as we have a heart for men, I'm telling you, I believe, like, as you said earlier, it will transform a nation. It will transform. There's no question. And people need to uh, take this podcast right now, need to hit the little share button, share it with people, whatever platform you're on, tell somebody about it, text somebody, you know, hit all that stuff. Yeah. People need to hear these things. They need, yeah. and they need to subscribe. Yeah. To subscribe to your podcast because those things, what we put in our mind, it's that garbage in, garbage out thing. It's right. the whole computer Geigo thing. Yeah. 50 years old, 40 years old. And and what we fill our heart and mind with, what you put in your heart is eventually what your hands will do. That's right. That's right. Well, Paul, tell them uh, w- real quick, what what are people, what can they do? You have a podcast. I know you have, uh, I love your, your, we got all this stuff. Okay. So direct people where they can go to get, I know you have bartender, the book that you showed me, we had breakfast. Yeah, cmn.men, cmn.men, Christian Men's Network, cmn.men. We have a podcast called Brave Men. And, um, you know, we're on YouTube. We teach, we do Monday Night Men, which is a teaching every Mm -hmm. Monday night a lot of churches use. And so uh, we're just doing this stuff, man. Keep our head down. We're in 38 languages in 134 countries and and just trying to, uh, you know, share Jesus, man. That's That's great. Jesus changed everything. Well, Paul, I know you, and I know you are one of the most well-traveled guys I know. You're all over the world. Um, COVID has kind of slowed us down a little bit, but you know what? It didn't keep us down, and I know that doors are opening again, but I'm just grateful that you have uh, given us some time. You know, And honestly, I'll just say this on, on this podcast. I'm grateful for my relationship with you because you have encouraged me in ways that you're like, you always have given me encouragement. Keep going. What you're doing is vital to what the kingdom is and this world. Uh, you're an encourager, but you're not just an encourager. You're a strategist as well. 
um, and you think strategically of how to. It's not just, hey, men, be good men. No, here's the strategy and here are the steps. Well, the fact is, you know, we need we need your ministry. We need our ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the allies, I call them allies, friends, yeah. allies, the guys that you and I know that we work with, that we support, we promote. Dude, I put them on our stuff. I put their, I promote their things. Why? Because this is the kingdom, man. Yeah, we, need, sure. we need more churches. We need, I, man, I, I tell you, James, I'm fired up about the future of the church. Yeah. The 30-something, 20-something, 40-something young pastors that are cranking stuff up, new ideas, making movies, open coffee houses, building churches, cranked up music. Yep. I'm telling you, the, the future of the church, Jesus doesn't come back for a bride that's like jacked up. Yeah. Like all messed up. Hey, sorry, we, we didn't very well. Yeah. <laughs> Just back for a bride that goes, Look at what we did in your name. Yeah. Look at what the Holy yeah. Spirit did. Bam. Yeah. You know, we took ground. It's Isaiah uh, chapter three, verse one. It says the heroes and the warriors, man. Yeah. That's what it's about. Joel three, nine, wake up the mighty men, prepare for war. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Let's yeah. go do this. stuff. And I'm fired up about the future. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think the next hundred years is going to be unbelievable. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's going to yeah. be huge darkness. Yeah. And then the lights is going to like explode everywhere. That's right. Fantastic. Yep. I agree. And I'm with you on this because one, I've experienced freedom myself Two, I've I've seen other men come along. I've been able to come alongside experience freedom and three, there's a lot of people out there that need freedom. And so we got our work cut out for us. (laughs) You know, Paul, thank you so much for being with us. So people can go to cmn.men, go there for tons of resources. Don't bypass this opportunity. I love it. Paul says, hit the forward button, share this thing so that this message is shared with a a friend, a brother, a family member, a spouse, uh, so that they can be encouraged. Because honestly, this whole world, we live in just kind of defeatist mentality, but we don't have to be defeated. I mean, we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We can walk forward and have and have a good time doing it. You know, this is something we can actually partner together. And I just appreciate your partnership. Yeah. There's some ways. Run some mountains. That's right. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. And, and, and please, everybody else, you can go to livelifeunplugged.org on our website with resources there uh, for marriages and families. Uh, we are uh, going to be launching a brand new website uh, here in June, which we're really excited about with the more resources and to even video uh, courses that you're going to be able to take. Um, I'm really excited about the future of what we have. But uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back with you next time.